Hey, welcome to Tech You Should Know from Commando.com. Kim has graciously given us this platform to introduce you to the Tech Refresh podcast, which is kind of the news of the week. And before we get started, we'd really appreciate it if you do a search for K-O-M-A-N-D-O on your podcast player and subscribe to the Tech Refresh podcast so you get these delivered to you every single week. We know you're going to love it. Once again, you can find the Tech Refresh podcast when you do a search on your podcast player for K-O-M-A-N-D-O. It should pop up wherever you're looking. And on the Tech Refresh podcast, we scour the internet to feature the just the right digital news, gadgets, and stories to keep you up to date. Our promise is that if you give us 30 minutes, we will make sure that you are in the know and the go-to digital source for your friends and family. After an exhaustive nationwide search to find just the right digitally savvy host, they find the game up, and you got me. I'm Mike James, along with our distinguished panel of experts, starting with the legendary Commando Content Queen, Allie Seligman. Welcome. Hi, Mike. Legendary. I'm going to add that to my resume. Add that. You got it. Uh, news director is Ben Bradley for Commando.com. No legendary for me? No. Oh, come on. No legendary. Not quite there yet. And we have the podcast Princess Cassidy Taylor with us. Hi, Mike. So we have a ton of stuff to get to every week. It seems we get more and more. We're going to give you the scam of the week, a quick tip this week's di- deep dive into notifications, plus brand new or not true. And the Tech Refresh podcast gets started right now with the news of the week. And here's Allie. Netflix is testing out a traditional TV channel. Yes, really. So right now it's a limited trial in France where Netflix says that there are tons of viewers there who prefer traditional TV, more of the channel surfing crowd. So it's called Netflix Direct. It is available to Netflix. Netflix. It's called Netflix Direct, and it's available to Netflix streaming subscribers, and it plays content from the existing library like a regular TV channel. So instead of watching what you want when you want, you tune into the Netflix channel and see what's on. Now, Netflix says that this is a way to show people new content, um, maybe give them a little bit bit of a break if you're just sick of choosing what you want to watch. And I could see that being good for some people. Some of us do have that kind of What's next? So we'll see if this actually makes its way to the U.S. Um, This is the first time Netflix has tested out an alternative to just the standard streaming. They had a shuffle button in August uh, that let users randomly scroll through recommended viewing options. I don't know how many people actually like that one. So we'll see if a TV channel works any better. Do you would any of you try that? Do you think you'd care? It sounds to me like. It'll lead to groundbreaking things like DVD by mail. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's just another button that you can push that uh, will get more eyes on more screens, right? Absolutely. Ben, you've got news on data breaches. I do. So, you know, they're commonplace, which is why you don't hear about them as often as you probably used to, except for the big ones. Uh, Take Prestige Software. You might not know the name, but it's a hotel reservation platform that works with Expedia, Booking.com, Hotels.com, and other travel sites. Well, security researchers just discovered a misconfigured cloud storage bucket just open and unlocked containing data from millions of hotel guests from around the world dating back about seven years. I'm talking names, email, phone numbers, reservation details, oh, and credit card numbers, expiration dates, 
and the three-digit CVV on the back. For Prestige, that was a careless oversight, and we don't know if any bad actors ever accessed the data. But we do know hackers were involved in another case involving Luxottica. That's the biggest eye care company in the world. They own brands like Ray-Ban and Oakley. Anyway, they, they have an appointment scheduling application that's used by companies like Lens Crafters and Pearl Vision, Target Optical. Well, in what Luxottica calls a security incident, hackers made off with names, contact info, health insurance, policy numbers, conditions, prescriptions, and again, in some cases, credit card and social security numbers. Check out commando.com. We've got info on both of you know, the data leak and this data breach. And we include ways to check to see if your information was involved and other steps you can take to make sure you know, your identity is protected. Yeah, again, just might as well just assume that your your information is out there somewhere on the web, every credit card you have. So you have to be diligent about watching uh, what's going on. Cassidy, Virgin Hyperloop. Oh, I saw this. This is so cool. Go ahead. So the Virgin Hyperloop gave the first test ride on its test track last weekend in Las Vegas, but it will be years before the public can potentially take a high-speed ride on the Hyperloop. So the Hyperloop is an unproven transportation system in which people in a vehicle in a vacuum tube at speeds as high as 600 miles per hour uh, are just shot through this tube, basically. And it's like this new way of transportation. And it's kind of used the same te- like levitation technology in Japan and Germany. And so magnetic levitation has been around for a while, since about the 1970s. But this was the first time they were able to put actual live humans in the test tube. And it only went... 100 miles per hour at its top speed because the track is so short. So we womp, 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 yes. And we are expecting uh, the Virgin Hyperloop CEO believes that the company's Hyperloop system will be certified in about 2025 or 2026 and that we could see the Hyperloop projects before the decade ends. Imagine that going eventually over 600 miles an hour. The current one in Japan, I believe, goes about 230 miles an hour. So you can go pretty fast if you want to just take a quick trip to uh, Japan. The biggest issue here is the government. Uh, It's the amount of money it takes, the amount of land it takes, and it's going to be interesting to see if it ever gets the green light ever, because it's something like $17 million to $120 million per six miles or per mile, something crazy like that. It's too much money. They much raised, money. they've already actually raised on that uh, over $400 million. and most of it's Virgin Galactic or Virgin Atlantic or, you know, uh, that, that company that's doing it. All right, Allie, you have more news. Fake Clorox and Lysol websites? Yes, sadly. So the coronavirus is surging again, and that means things like toilet paper and cleaning supplies are disappearing from store shelves. This is not new, but scammers are back at it, making fake websites to sell people products that either don't exist or are in some way a ripoff of what they think we're getting. Now, in this case, it's Lysol and Clorox products. The URLs for the websites are usually... They involve the name somehow, um, you know, buy, buy Clorox, buy Lysol, but they're not the real site. You go there, you think, wow, I got this thing that's out of stock everywhere else at a great price. And then it either never arrives or something gets to your door and it is certainly not the real thing. Now, these are bad enough. FTC is warning about it. So stay diligent. Don't click ads. 
Um, and be very careful if you find something that's out of stock legitimately everywhere else on the internet. Uh, this brand new website where you found it, probably not legit. Um, also, you know, double check the terms of the sale. Can you return it? Are they charging you a bunch of weird shipping and handling fees? Um, who pays for the return? And make sure you pay with a credit card if you are going to buy, because that way at least you can uh, file a claim if you never receive anything. Deja vu all over again, I guess. Uh, I noticed this weekend, too, Costco, where I go to, was out of toilet paper and paper towels again. I don't know if it's store-wide everywhere, but... Yeah, I, I just grabbed a, a giant pack of toilet paper on Amazon because our store was out, too. Nice. Okay, Ben, you've got... Is it a mac and cheese event? Uh, that that would be oh. cool. No? I wish. that you know, I, I really dig the mac and cheese. But no, this is this is Apple. Okay. And dealing with their Macs, but mac and cheese, if they made some, no, off the <laughs> anyway, well, Apple just put on a third virtual event in as many months. And this time the star of the show was the Mac. What's under the hood anyway. See, a few months ago, Apple said it was moving away from Intel chips to make its own in-house. And now they have, it's called the M1 and it's based on the chip that's in some of the latest iPhones and iPads. And Apple says it's faster than 98% of PC laptops sold over the past year. Here's the interesting part about it though. The M1 isn't just similar to the chips and iPhones. It can actually make Mac computers more like iPhones, like waking up the very second you lift the lid. And you'll also eventually be able to run iPhone and iPad apps on your Mac so you can work seamlessly between devices. Anyway, it won't be, the M1 won't be in every Mac just yet, but it's coming to three right now and you can pre-order a new Mac mini a MacBook Air, or a 13-inch MacBook Pro, which starts shipping next week. And they're talking about some crazy battery life on some of these, like upwards of 20 hours video playback. Wow. As one of Apple's VPs put it during the presentation, the M1 chip makes everything buttery smooth. <laughs> that would be very nice for some of the editing I do. Honestly, if I could get a Mac to even last three hours doing actual editing, it would be a dream of mine. Well, you're yeah. paying for it. Twelve uh, fifty for the, the entry-level MacBook Pro. <laughs> That's Oof. actually not that bad for a Mac. I mean, the top-of-the-line ones are over $1,500, aren't they? Oh, you, you max out, I think, two, three grand. Pretty yeah. easy. Isn't there a $10,000 on one? <laughs> I think so. And there's that one that looks like a big cheese grater. That, I uh, think that's the $10,000 yeah. one. <laughs> and we're mac back and to cheese. mac and cheese. A new monochrome camera. Tell us about it, Cassidy. I noticed that you skipped over the name and I bet it's because you can't pronounce it, it because exactly it's what? German. And I had to take this opportunity to kind of express the little bit of German I know. It's pronounced Leica. And Leica cameras have been around for a while. And basically, the thing about Leica cameras is they're incredible, but they're also incredibly hard to use. They are not user-friendly at all, but they are a very niche market of cameras that people really tend to like sometimes if you're really one of those avid people that wants control over every single setting in your camera. And so basically what they did, I am a longtime lover of old vintage cameras. I have the original Polaroid in my bedroom, like mm -hmm. with the accordion lens kind of deal. Yeah, I have all the original cameras I could possibly find out of my grandfather's garage. And so when I heard that they 
launched a monochrome camera, just black and white, I was very interested. What was not very fun was the price tag. Uh, roughly $5 short of $6,000 for this Leica Q2 monochrome camera. And just like 2020, it seems about right. You know, we're all facing a financial downfall and let's just throw a $6,000 camera that only shoots in black and white and is not user-friendly at all. Um, and I thought this was very cute. What one wrote, writer said about it was some people find the constraints of this camera liberating and broadening rather than limiting, like writing a haiku or a sonnet or shooting with a single prime lens. Restricting your photo vision to black and white falls into the same category if you can afford the luxury. That doesn't sound backwards at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just write haikus. That's free. Right. I can write a haiku for free. I can't buy a $6,000 camera, at least not yet. No. Just ahead, the scam of the week. We've got a quick tip for you. And this week's deep dive, we're going to take a look at notifications. And next, it's brand new or not true. Now, just by default, I'm like 0 for 2 so far. So I should be able to win this week and guess the uh, not too product. We'll tell you about that in just a moment. It's next on the Tech Refresh podcast from Commando.com. We are back on the Tech Refresh podcast from Commando.com. And before we get to brand new or not true, we have a quick tip we want to share with you about uh, downloading Disney casts. Each streaming service has a different policy for downloading video content and watching offline. Netflix was a major holdout until 2016, but Disney Plus allowed this option right away. The download icon is located at the bottom of the menu. And using the Disney Plus app, you can also download as many titles as your hard drive can hold which is very lovely. This feature is most handy for when you want to download the latest Mandalorian episode while on your home Wi-Fi before hitting the gym, especially when your gym's Wi-Fi is less than amazing. Right on. Thank you, Cassidy. And that music means it's time now for America's newest national game show sensation where you can play and guess, is it brand new or not true? Every week, literally thousands of new products, sites, apps, and services are announced in the technology world. Some are destined for greatness. Others, they're not quite there yet. Oftentimes, the products sound so crazy, outlandish, and just ridiculous, you sit back and think, what were they thinking? And before you know it, tech just created its newest millionaire. When playing Brand New or Not True, we'll present you, the home listener, with three products, sites, or ideas. And it's up to you to decide which of the two is brand new and through the process of elimination we're going to find out which one is not true one not true two true we're going to start with cassidy your product well hello mike my product is might be one of my favorites for going out when the world opens up again remember the good old days when you could just hitch a ride by just sticking out your thumb well the popular ride sharing company Lyft wants to make hailing a ride share both manned and autonomous just that easy again with the mono now the mono is a hand worn device that straps around your wrist and thumb and uses accelerometers and gyroscope sensors 
to track whenever you make the signature hitchhiker's thumb gesture. From there, the device will automatically call the nearest available lift ride to your location. It also comes in lifts signature magenta coloring, and the device was in beta test in cities like New York, Washington D.C., Philadelphia before the pandemic, and works by connecting to your phone's cell service. Lyft is looking at including the device as part of a monthly subscription for those who use the ride-sharing app the most. Uh, ben, your product. Picture a time when we used to be out in public more often. You know, there are crowds. Well, maybe you've been in those situations in the past where you've had to make or take a private call with other people around. Well, you don't want them hearing your conversation, and that's why you need the Hush Me voice mask. It's a mostly plastic gadget, goes around the back of your neck, and it comes around to lock over your entire mouth with cushioning, of course. Well, that way no one can read your lips, and with the added bonus of passive voice muffling technology, no one closer than three feet can even make out what you're saying. So make it even harder for others to hear by masking your voice with built-in sounds like rain or take it up a notch with Darth Vader's breathing. The Hush Me can also be used to listen to music, and in that mode, you don't have to close it around your mouth, but if you do, just think about all those songs you can sing along to and no one would even know. It pairs to your smartphone via Bluetooth and has a 10-hour battery life. You can pre-order right now for just under 200 bucks. Okay, $200 for the Hushby voice mask. Got it. Allie? Well, first, the Hushby sounds like uh, the cone of silence from Get Smart. I'm really <laughs> into that. All right, I have another product this week that we're all going to want, and it is the Moby Brewer. It's a fully automatic, portable coffee maker and travel mug in one that brews your coffee on the go. So you can have the perfect cup of coffee no matter where you are, like driving to work or camping in the woods. Here's how it works. You open up the top, you pour in up to nine ounces of water, and then you add coffee grounds or a K-cup. You close the lid, you plug it in, either through a car adapter, a wall adapter, or AAA batteries, and push the button and start brewing. Once it's done, you don't have to do anything special. You just open up the drinking lid on top, and you have a perfect cup of coffee. You can use any temperature water. Um, keep in mind, if you're going to use batteries, you need hot water for it. But for the wall or the car adapter, even cold water is fine. You can even plug it into an external lithium-ion battery pack. So that's that's where you know the camping example comes in. So if you use boiling water, you can have fresh coffee in about a minute. If you use room temperature water, give it around 10 minutes. And somewhere in between, warm water, it'll be about six. And the Moby Brewer is 49 bucks. Wow. As always, a lot of them writing this uh, $49 Moby. Brewer. I think we got them this time. I think uh, you, you got some great products. You always guys, you guys come up with great products. So the three are the mono. It's a wrist and thumb gadget. If you want to hitchhike or catch a, a quick ride. Was that from Lyft? Did you say Cass? From Lyft. Yeah. In the magenta color. Lyft. In the magenta. Oh, you even got the magenta color. We've got the Hush Me Vox Mask, uh, that's from Ben, and the Moby Brewer Coffee on the Go for $49 from Allie. All right, so here's, uh, you know, Allie, the, the, the Moby Brewer, I am thinking that how could anybody live without one of those? That seems like a pretty good product. Us who love our coffee would be like, this would be a great gift, and 49 bucks is pretty inexpensive. I would say that one is probably the truest one of all three. Ben, the Hushby voice mask, even though it sounds 
outlandish. This is something that people, I think, would maybe use, maybe need at some point. And uh, it's it seems realistic. Like, yeah, I could see a product like that. And 200 bucks is a little bit expensive. I mean, basically, you're just doing a Bluetooth to your phone that you're holding. And then you have noise-canceling technology to be able to listen and have people understand what you're saying. So I do believe in the Hushby Voice Max. So last but not least, uh, uh, the hitchhiker thing from Lyft. You know what? That seems like a pretty real product, too. Um, but I'm not really sure if I mean, somebody with uh, at half a brain at Lyft might at some point, if that came up, go, no, nobody's going to use this. It's ridiculous. Don't spend a lot of money. And so I'm going to go with the mono wrist and thumb hitchhiker from Lyft. Final answer. That is my final answer. Insert celebration music here. Woo! Woo! My God. You did it. Though I will tell you the website that I got the idea from uh-huh. had a full promo video for it. Yeah, yeah. And they went, you know, this is kind of dumb. No, let me. Ben, tell tell us more about the Hushby voice max. It, it looks weird. I mean, seriously, it straight up locks around your mouth. And you're going to be sitting next to somebody making Darth Vader noises with that thing <laughs> while you're trying not to draw attention to who you're talking to. I mean, okay, they're if real. Just, if you could just wear that in meetings, you could be like talking to somebody and, you know, at least get something done. Yeah, get called into HR. When Ben was reading his product description, I made a face at Allie like, oh, did we both do fake products? <laughs> did he miss the memo that I was doing the fake one this week? <laughs> oh, no. How are we going to recover? <laughs> and uh, Allie, tell us more about the Moby Brewer. This is on Kickstarter. It's fully funded. No surprise there because this thing seems awesome. There are a few other of these portable coffee maker and mugs in one, but... This one is different because it takes K-cups and it works really quickly and you can just do it with batteries. Yeah, you need boiling water, but it seems pretty awesome. So, you know, I, you're totally right, Mike. For 50 bucks for a coffee lover, this is a really cool gift. Brand new, not true this week. And we've got lots more for you, including deep dive with the alley and uh, notifications coming up next. Also, a little bit later on, a tribute to Alex Trebek on Tech Refresh from Commando.com. Welcome back to the Tech Refresh podcast from Commander.com. And every week we give you the inside scoop on what's going on in tech. So you're in the know and the source of tech information for your friends and family. If you haven't already, please remember to subscribe just by going to your podcast player. And in the search, type in K-O-M-A-N-D-O. Look for the Tech Refresh podcast. Hit the subscribe button. We really appreciate that. And every week about this time, we take an in-depth look in into issues that affect the technology lifestyle. And this week, we take a look at notifications with Allie. Well, I have talked probably too much on Kim's show about my disdain for notifications and how many notifications I get and just how sick of it all I am. So a few weeks ago, actually, maybe a little more now, um, I went through my phone, my computer, my my desktop I work on, and my laptop, and I got all my notifications in order. Now, I'm sure we all know this is a recurring issue, right? You, you get a new app or sign up for a new service, have a new extension, and 
oh, like that, more notifications. So it's definitely a process, but I I was thinking a little bit about why does it feel like there are so many for me right now? And I think a big part of it is working from home and connecting with coworkers and everyone else um, kind of more in this remote way. You know, before, during my workday, I could basically ignore my phone because if somebody at work really needed me, they would call my office phone. I'd get an email and I'm sitting in front of my computer. But at home, it's, you know, it's messages on Gchat. It's, it just, I guess, feels like there's a lot more pressure to, you know, see those things quickly and respond to them. And, you know, we're in a little bit different situation. So um, Mike, you and Cass are at the office. Ben and I are at home. So Ben, I'm curious if you kind of feel that same way that you have a different relationship with, with all those buzzes and beeps and, you know, all day long. Uh, you know, it's a love-hate relationship. I'm well aware that it's a double-edged sword because I have so many turned on. Like, you know, not just messaging, texts, Google chat and all these, but different news sites and, you know, product sites, whatever it is. So it gets to the point where it's almost like white noise or in this case, white buzzing. I don't know, but you almost <laughs> ignore it sometimes. Now it keeps me in the know because you get enough in a row, then you know probably you've got multiple news sites sending something out. And yeah. so you always know what's happening pretty fast. At the same time, yeah, there's never a moment of peace. You know? Yeah, depending on the numbers you look at, it's you know, the average is like forty five to sixty five notifications that we get every single day. You or every twenty minutes. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you're probably at the higher end. I'm probably at the low end of that. Well, it's one of those things. I, at the very least, need to turn off email notifications. You you know how many emails, I mean, we get at work, not to mention the stuff that you get to your own personal accounts. And I just, and I know, I just need to go in and maybe that'll help a little bit. I actually turned off all my notifications years ago because when I was a college kid and stuff, I have arguably a thousand unread emails. Um, but that's my spam email account anyways. That's where I sign up like all the junk business stuff I have to get, you know, to get 5% off, just give us your email. That's the email I give them. But I'm looking at my phone right now and I don't, if you text me, I don't know about it. It, I, if you message me on social media, I don't know about it. I have to go and check it. So I have 235 unread text messages. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I'm like, like I'm staring I feel like at my right heart now. rate just spiked hearing that. And you're, you just got a buzz. And about I got it, a notification you? on my Fitbit. Yeah. Great. You know, what's funny is it doesn't, it, it like completely does not phase me at all. I just, I ignore everyone all the time. And I've kind of set myself up as that person that if you need me, you have to drive to my house and come knock on my door and get me, <laughs> or you have to call my mother and my mother will get in contact with me. That is pretty much, I've branded myself that way for years. <laughs> and it's worked pretty much. And I'm also the worst at saving your contact information. And since I don't answer strange phone calls, seriously, I think Mike has called me before where I didn't have his number saved and I hit, <laughs> I hung up on him. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we're kind of the ends of the spectrum. Cass, you ignore everything. I try to, you know, only get notifications I really care about. Then I think you just kind of get it all. Drown in See, the notifications. Yeah. I don't, this is something Ben probably couldn't do, but uh, about three or four years ago, 
No, it's been longer than that. It's been over five years. I took my email, my work email off my phone and oh. I still have it at my desk at home, but it's not on my phone just for this reason. And I used to have Mondays off. So I would get a lot of work emails on Monday where they would expect me there, but I was working Saturday. So I had Mondays off. Anyway, the, the other thing about notifications that, um, that really, really bothers me is I have, I don't know how many, probably a little over a hundred apps on my phone, but what really bothers me is if I don't use an app over a long period of time, they flip up this notification of, oh, have you heard of Uber Eats? You can actually get your food delivered now like I didn't know that. So we I just miss think, you. Come back. Yeah, it's yeah. marketing. I get it. But listen, I don't want to hear from you if I don't have your app open. And uh, that I'll, I'll, I, I haven't done it yet, but I was thinking I should just delete that app. I only use it like once or twice a year. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that kind of is the you get those messages and it makes you remember, oh, I should get rid of that. I don't care about it. Or, you know, they're hoping you think, oh, yeah, Uber Eats. But really, it's just like, oh, I need to. Yeah, delete I know that it's there. I... Yeah. If I want notifications okay, you make know. you slave to your technology. I'm not going to lie. I've, yesterday, I got an Uber Eats push notification for like a, oh, a two for one at one of the local restaurants I like. So I totally <laughs> jumped on that. So, oh, my God. <laughs> I gotta say, pizza has caught caught me on that a couple times. My preferred pizza ordering app, Papa um, John's. Every now and then, they yeah, Papa John's. Every now and then, I'll get a notification from them right when I'm thinking about it. Oh, of course, it's it's perfect pizza time. They know, they know when and you want it. They so know when I want it. And honestly, if I'm like Papa John's and my boyfriend are probably the only two people that can get me to look at my phone. <laughs> so one of my when I went on my get rid of notifications spree, this works on iPhone and Android, probably my favorite way to quickly deal with them so that you're not, you know, if you have a ton of apps, like you said, Mike, you can get sucked in forever going through the entire list. But I just kind of do it passively when I get a notification from an app that I don't want. If you look at the notification, if you um, just press down on it with your finger, you can just stop the notification right there. So, okay, so that's you turn a really easy forever. way. Yeah. Disable yeah. notification. Yeah, yeah. That's, so. that's true. But yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just, it's so annoying that when you just, when you don't have that open, when that app is not open. It's, it's uh, the Tech Refresh podcast. And one of the things that folks ask us most about is what's going on with scam. So up next, we're going to take a look at the scam of the week and then also still to come a tribute to Alex Trebek. It's Tech Refresh podcast from commando.com. Welcome back to the Tech Refresh podcast from commando.com. Just ahead, a tribute to Alex Trebek and Ben has our scam of the week. I'm going to call this a scam of the week, but really unemployment fraud has been one of the biggest scams of the past several months. So since March, millions of Americans have found themselves out of a job. Well, scammers know this. So they've got these guys creating claims using your personal information, whether you're still working or not. Details like birthdays, social security numbers, sensitive data that can be found online or through data breaches that you've been involved in in the past. Just run a web search and you'll see cases happening all over the country. And it's so bad that the FBI issued a warning about the spike back in July. And seriously, these are sophisticated operations, often based overseas, and it's been successful. So much so that these 
cyber criminals have already gotten away with billions of dollars in federal pandemic unemployment funds. So you need to watch out for messages regarding unemployment forms and benefits, especially when you haven't applied, along with unusual fees from government agencies, suspicious banking transactions, things like that. You know, Kim was on the air earlier this week on a local radio station in Bloomington, Illinois, and she was helping a listener who's been a victim of unemployment fraud. Well, she didn't know someone had filed a claim in her name, but her boss did, who received a letter about the request. And I imagine that was a little awkward. Anyway, find out everything we know about this this huge spike in unemployment fraud at commando.com, including all the you know the red flags and all the tells to look for. Awesome, Ben. Thank you for that. And we want to pay tribute to the great Alex Trebek Cassidy. Well, it's a sad week for geeks as our shining star Alex Trebek passed away. The longtime Jeopardy host will still be seen on TV for a while as he recorded his last episode roughly three weeks ago. And in honor of the man that stumped me year after year, all throughout college, all throughout my childhood. Seriously, this man was on my TV all the time. Um, I would like to end this tech refresh with a little bit of tech Jeopardy. So um, we're going to mix it up a little bit and I would like you to just, we can see each other. So just raise your hand if you think you have the answer to this question. The name of this colorful wireless headset technology refers to a tech trade association founded in 1998. Colorful as in Bluetooth? Colorful oh. as in Bluetooth. That is the correct answer, Ben. Oh, but you didn't uh, say it, what right? is what is Bluetooth? Yes, Ali. Yes, there we go. Oh, <laughs> oh, come on. I do have Stick to the rules, man. <laughs> but yes, we are all very sad that Alex Trebek has left the human world. However, if you heard anything about his last day on this planet, it was absolutely the way he wanted to go out. So. It's all good. He feels happy with his life, as he has said many times, and he did everything on his last day that he wanted to do. So it's really a good ending. And with that, we're to the end of the Tech Refresh podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys, our distinguished panelists, uh, for uh, for helping us out with the uh, Tech Refresh podcast. Also, thanks to Kim Commando for allowing us the Tech You Should Know podcast to uh, kind of share with this with you. Hey, don't forget to subscribe by looking up K-O-M-A-N-D-O on your favorite podcast player. Or you can uh, search the Tech Refresh podcast at commando.com slash podcasts. And also, don't forget, we would love to hear your feedback on uh, what you like about this podcast, what you don't like, what we could do to be better. You just send us an email at podcast that podcasts plural with an S at commando.com. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you again next week from Tech Refresh Podcast. 